Hello everyone and welcome to the next episode of Investors Cut. Today we have with us Mr. Hethal Sonpal who's worked with all our dream companies like Microsoft, LinkedIn, Intel and Wipro. Utilizing his experience of more than 20 years in the industry, Hethal is now a mentor, angel investor and a TEDx speaker. Welcome sir, it's a pleasure to have you here. Hey, thanks a lot, Akriti. Appreciate uh, the opportunity. Uh, it's always great to uh, talk about my favorite topics. So, look forward to an interesting session. Great. So, let's start with our first question to you. How do you think students should start their careers from MNCs or startups? See, I think uh, you know when you're starting young, uh, you are not too sure about your capabilities, uh, and and you're not too sure where your destiny is. Uh, going into a more stable platform, which a large corporate offers, is uh, is a better choice uh, than to get into a startup. Uh, versus, of course, to start your own start startup without having enough experience. So I would say that um, spend three four years working in a large organization where you can understand the systems and processes uh, before you get into the chaotic uh, jumbled world of startups. Uh. Right. so uh, how do you think so so as per you uh, after like 4 5 years of experience uh, at an mncs people can actually think about starting their startups so a very popular question comes up as to how they should go about the investment how should they get the investment for their startups so what are your views on it see i think uh, getting investment for startup is is a very uh, tough job right and and it involves a lot of time and effort uh, so first thing i think uh, the entrepreneur should be very clear you know whether he or she wants the investment or not if you can avoid it and and if you are able to make do with your uh, you know own set of money to start with in the initial few months and then if you are able to generate money from customers i think that's the best option because once you become once you get an investor on board uh, you are kind of at the mercy of the investor and uh, you know you you tend to uh, get limited uh, by the wishes of the investor rather than doing what you want to uh, <clears throat> so i think i would advise not to go for an investment but if you have to uh, then i think the typical rule is that you you know get into an angel round um, and and there are lots of angel investors and typically the best way to approach angel investors is through this angel network uh, which can uh, allow you multiple choices of different investors to get on board it Uh, and i think that that would make more sense rather than trying to find investors uh, all by yourself right and what inspired you to you know become an angel investor like why did you come to this part so there's an interesting story i think uh, uh, you know while i while i was feeling frustrated about uh, um corporate life you know i was feeling disgruntled and was thinking about doing entrepreneurship myself and entrepreneurship requires multiple things to work uh, at the same time right uh, a great idea uh, having a co-founder a great ecosystem all to work out so it was a good friend of mine who suggested that you know rather than fretting about not being able to become a entrepreneur uh, myself why not i live the entrepreneur's journey as an angel investor and it turned out to be an uh, awesome suggestion for me because you know the model which uh, uh, which an angel investor gets where you are able to work closely with the entrepreneur investing i think that worked very well for me and that's how, that's how i am now more like a mentor advisor where i'm deeply engaged with these startups which i uh, which i'm working with right and uh, you know a lot of people would be really interested to know that you know what you look in startups while you invest in them 
So I think uh, I have a, a, a simple four-point criteria when I'm looking at uh, evaluating startups from an investment perspective. Uh, the first one is profile of the founder. Uh, I, I try and deeply look into the profile and understand if there is something distinguishing about the individual uh, which he or she uh, will be able to benefit from when the, when the startup is going through a tough time. Uh, going through a good time and and sailing af- and staying afloat is much easier. But when it comes to uh, a challenging work environment, something like uh, Corona recently, uh, whether he or she will be able to withstand that uh, kind of a challenge. Number one. Number right. two, I think uniqueness of the business model. Uh, uh, it should be something different, something wow, something which technically will require a lot of effort for a competition to come in, right? Uh, Cut-copy-paste cut, models are great from an execution perspective, but if you are copying someone, then someone else is going to come and copy you, right? So, and there's no end to copying. Uh, I, would, I would stay away from that. Uh, third one is, I think, scope of uh, monetization. Uh, there should be a clear monetization journey, which, is, uh, which clearly indicates when the startup will become self-sufficient uh, to the extent where it will start putting its money or its earning back into the business and grow it. I think that's the safest model to approach. And the fourth and the last one is scope for exit, right? Uh, me as an angel investor, I'm not there till taking the company all the way to the IPO. Some of them might stick around, but most of them would not. Uh, most of them might not even have the choice to do that. So I would be looking at what's a potential exit opportunity. Uh, is, is the entrepreneur having a clear plan of approaching uh, VCs or larger investors in the next round, uh, which can allow us uh, angel investors in the early round to get an exit. So within these four criteria, I'm able to make a fairly decent judgment on a, on a startup, whether it's good enough for the investment or not. Right. And how do you decide as to what percentage of equity to buy in or how much to invest? Uh, percentage of equity or, or how much I invest, I think purely depends on the uh, state of on that particular startup, right? Uh, what stage they are in. I mean, how how much they've progressed as far as the growth is concerned. Um, if they have a promising growth by the time they decide to raise funds and the valuation is pretty high, then the percentage of equity which the angel investors would get would be fairly small. Uh, whereas if they are early stage, uh, you know, the product is just getting launched and all, the valuation would be low and, and the percentage of equity which you can get would be so uh, a little higher, uh, and of course it depends on the domain whether it's a B two B B two B or B two C and which sector it is. And I think all all factors contribute to the overall uh, valuation, which would decide the quantum of stake as well. Right, and um, so an investor not only invests in an idea but also the founders. What is your take on it, and how much weightage do you give uh, to this before your investment decision? Oh, totally. I think I think uh, the founder profile trumps everything else when it comes to evaluation, uh, because uh, the founder's fate or the ability of the founder can actually make or break the organization. That's the whole quantum of influence which the founder exercises on the company. And yes, I, I do uh, keep that uh, as a important criteria when I'm actually deciding on uh, which company to invest in. Right. And uh, you know, you mentioned earlier that uh, startups. Uh, should first go in for their own uh, resources and then probably look for uh, funds later on. So, you know, they're generally low in cash in the starting. So what is your advice to them, you know, as to how to efficiently manage whatever they have? So I think uh, that's true. And, and I think that's the reality. And in fact, I was speaking to someone the other day and I realized that the whole uh, startup uh, business has become very democratized, right? Everyone believes that they can be an entrepreneur. Everyone believes that they can start a startup. 
everyone believed that they will get, be able to get funding and i think the last point is the more worrisome that just to assume that you will get funding and you incorporate that in your business model and say uh, that you know within 6 to 8 months uh, we'll start getting start uh, creating the fundraising deck and and start getting an investor i think it's a recipe for disaster because uh, dependency on your own funds and dependency of the product or the service to be able to generate revenue is far more uh, uh, a recipe for success than incorporating a funding element now if you don't have enough funds then please hold on till you have enough funds i think that's the advice i would give you uh, approach your friends and family uh, from a uh, from a support perspective but as long as you're holding on to the 100% equity in your company and trying whatever you can as far as raising funds is concerned i think you're better off the, the day you decide to ditch that uh, is is where the problem starts seeping in right right and um, you know a lot of colleges have a lo- have incubators or accelerators so what do you think uh, is the role of uh, such uh, you know things in building the ideas and in investment today i think what the incubators and accelerators do is uh, bring more awareness about the whole uh, startup ecosystem uh, it it allows for uh, they provide lot more clarity to people who might not be well versed on the whole subject uh the third and important element for which uh, accelerators and uh, incubators are created is to provide the funding uh i don't think they are the best source of funding as far as my experience goes uh because you know they also are leveraging support from their network of uh, investors to finally uh, chip in with the necessary funds which uh, i'm sure the uh, entrepreneur could have got it directly but in the first two point especially in uh, colleges and universities having uh, these incubators uh, ensures that a lot of lot many more people get to understand the nitigrities of the startup and the uh, and the entrepreneurship uh, opportunity so that they can make a much wiser decision on the same right and um, what advice would you give to young entrepreneurs who's just starting with their journeys i think i would advise you to uh, do deep down research before you go ahead and create the company uh, make sure you have a co-founder uh, make sure you studied the ecosystem from the timelines perspective uh, every business does not have the same quantum of opportunity at all times uh, sometimes uh, one business might be able to do better than the other uh, so evaluate and do a detailed study because once you start off there is very little room for change um but before you start off make sure that you done your due diligence uh and because you know it's it's precious savings and precious money which you're putting into the business try and minimize the downside as much as possible when you're starting off yes scenarios change and conditions change uh, but but that's not in your control but what's in your control is when you're starting off you're uh, getting all the factors in place before you start right so now uh, you know going on to more knowing about you Uh, yeah. how are you keeping up your motivation during covid like you know all of us have gone a pretty uh, have gone pretty lazy during these lockdown times so how are you keeping up the motivation uh motivation for me has never been a challenge in fact uh, covid was more of a a plus point for me as far as driving my motivation was concerned because my source of motivation is my reading and i was i was able to read far many more books uh, during covid than i would have been able to read in a normal scenario um uh you know listening to podcast or listening to interesting uh, people um i i get inspired by any motivational content and i think that's that's been my uh, recipe for being able to keep a level stable head uh, through the covid 
that's great yeah and um, you know i'm sure a lot of people must be inspired by you by the kind of work ex and what kind of experience you carry so who is that one person that you are inspired by uh i think uh, while while i might want to take a lot of names i think uh, if if there was just one person i had to name top of the mind it was my dad uh because my dad lived his career uh, with with uh, lived his life uh, with solid principles which he has passed on to me uh he had clear uh, <clears throat> clear opinion and clear mindset on on what uh, entails uh, what life entails and what kind of challenges one one encounters in life and what kind of a uh, uh, driving uh, desire is needed for succeeding in life in fact my love for reading and books is purely from my dad and i and i believe that's that's a very valuable trait which he has passed on which kind of uh, carries me forward uh, despite all the big challenges which i face in life right <clears throat> and uh, by uh, the amount that i know you i know that you like reading a lot of books so what is that one you favorite know, right. book of yours <laughs> uh you know to to select just one book uh, would be a challenge uh, especially someone who's read 300 books uh, but if push comes to shove if i have to just call out one book uh, i would call out the power of habit by charles duhigg uh excellent book uh, uh, in in uh, in habit formation and uh, not only creating a habit but sticking on with it i think it's a fabulous read uh, i think it's a must read for everyone uh, at all ages uh, at all part all all times in life <clears throat> right and what uh, you know role do, do books play in the lives of people um uh, i think the the books have a, a, a significant role to play as far as transforming lives is concerned because uh, what you learn in school or college is just a little bit right uh, schools and uh, colleges just give you the fundamental base from which your career is supposed to uh, you know move ahead but the to make your career into a rocket ship and propel you into into the outside orbit uh, i think it's the books which give you that knowledge and ammunition which uh gets you that level of confidence with which you can face different scenarios and different circumstances in life with a great amount of confidence um, so had i mean everyone should read books everyone should uh, set a objective towards reading a certain number of books uh, selection of choice of titles can be left to the individual based on whatever he or she prefers the most but uh, reading constantly will uh, definitely make a big difference in in, uh, in everyone's career right so uh you know totally agree with the everything that you've said and that's all from my end today and it's always a pleasure speaking to you because you have always so many wonderful things to say and i'm very sure that our audience is going to gain a lot of insights from this podcast so thank you so much for your uh, precious time and uh, coming and speaking with us Hey, thanks a lot, Akriti, for this opportunity. It's it's always great to share from my experience, and I hope uh, the the brief which I've shared uh, will be an interesting uh, learning experience for everyone who's listening to it. Uh, and uh, yeah, open for any conversation like this uh, at any point of time. Sure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye.